0: section nineteen of the wallet of kai lung by ernest brahma this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three the probation of sin Hang, part two when the father had completed the narrative of how the faint-hearted youth became in the end a courageous and resourceful leader of bowmen sin looked up and not in any degree understanding the purpose of the story or why it had been set forth before him exclaimed undoubtedly the counsel of the graceful and intelligent Mandarin Pu Chow was of inestimable service in the case recorded, and this person would gladly adopt it as his guide for the future, on the chance of it leading to a similar honorable career. But alas, there are no tigers to be found throughout this province. It is a loss which those who are engaged in commerce in the city of Hankow strive to supply adequately," replied his father, who had an assured feeling that it would be of no avail to endeavour to show sin that the story which he had just related was one setting forth a definite precept rather than fixing an exact manner of behaviour for that reason he continued this person has concluded an arrangement by which you will journey to that place and there enter into the house of commerce of an expert and conscientious vendor of moving contrivances among so rapacious and keen-witted a class of persons as they of hankow it is exceedingly unlikely that your amiable disposition will involve any individual one in an unavoidably serious loss and even should such an unforeseen event come to pass there will at least be the undeniable satisfaction of the thought that the unfortunate occurrence will in no way affect the prosperity of those to whom you are bound by the natural ties of affection benevolent and virtuous-minded father replied sen gently but speaking with an inspired conviction from his earliest infancy this unassuming one has been instructed in an inviolable regard for the five general principles of fidelity to the emperor respect for parents harmony between husband and wife agreement among brothers and constancy in friendship it will be entirely unnecessary to inform so pious-minded a person as the one now being addressed, that no evil can attend the footsteps of an individual who courteously observes these enactments. Without doubt, it is so arranged by the protecting deities, replied the father, yet it is an exceedingly desirable thing for those who are responsible in the matter that the footsteps to which reference has been made should not linger in the neighbourhood of the village, but should with all possible speed turn in the direction of Hankow. In this manner it came to pass, that Sin Hing set forth on the following day, and coming without delay to the great and powerful city of Hankou, sought out the house of commerce known as the pure gilt dragon of exceptional symmetry, where the versatile King Yi Yang engaged in the entrancing occupation of contriving moving figures and other devices of an ingenious and mirth-provoking character, which he entrusted into the hands of numerous persons to sell throughout the province. From this cause, although enjoying a very agreeable recompense from the sale of the objects, the greatly perturbed King Yi Yang suffered continual internal misgivings, for the habit of behaving of those whom he appointed to go forth in the manner described was such that he could not entirely dismiss from his mind an assured conviction that the details were not invariably as they were represented to be. Frequently would one return in a very deficient and unpresentable condition of garment, asserting that, on his return, while passing through a lonely and unprotected district, he had been assailed by an armed band of robbers, and despoiled of all he possessed. Another would claim to have been made the sport of evil spirits, who led him astray by means of false signs in the forest, and finally destroyed his entire burden of commodities, accompanying the unworthy act by loud cries of triumph and remarks of an insulting nature concerning King Yi Yang for the honourable character and charitable actions of the person in question had made him very objectionable to that class of beings others continually accounted for the absence of the required number of tails by declaring that at a certain point of their journey they were made the object of marks of amiable condescension on the part of a high and dignified public official who on learning in whose service they were immediately professed an intimate personal friendship with the estimable king yi yang and out of a feeling of gratified respect for him, took away all such contrivances as remained undisposed of, promising to arrange the payment with the refined King Yi Yang himself when they should next meet. For these reasons King Yi Yang was especially desirous of obtaining one whose spoken word could be received upon all points as an assured fact, and it was therefore with an emotion of internal lightness that he confidently heard from those who were acquainted with the person that Sing Hen was, by nature and endowments, utterly incapable of representing matters of even the most insignificant degree to be otherwise than what they really were. Filled with an acute anxiety to discover what amount of success would be accorded to his latest contrivance, King Yi Yang led Sin Heng to a secluded chamber, and there instructed him in the method of selling certain apparently very ingeniously constructed ducks which would have the appearance of swimming about on the surface of an open vessel of water, at the same time uttering loud and ever-increasing cries after the manner of their kind. With ill-restrained admiration at the skilful nature of the deception, keng Yi Yang pointed out that the ducks which were to be disposed of, and upon which a seemingly very low price was fixed, did not in reality possess any of these accomplishments, but would on the contrary, if placed in water, at once sink to the bottom in a most incapable manner, it being part of Sen's duty to exhibit only a specially prepared creature which was restrained upon the surface by means of hidden cords, and while bending over it to simulate the cries as agreed upon. After satisfying himself that Sen could perform these movements competently, Kengi Yang sent him forth, particularly charging him that he should not return without a sum of money which fully represented the entire number of ducks entrusted to him, or an adequate number of unsold ducks to recompense for the deficiency. At the end of seven days, Sen returned to Kang Yi Yang, and although entirely without money, even to the extent of being unable to provide himself with the merest necessities of a frugal existence, he honorably returned the full number of ducks with which he had set out. It then became evident. Although Sin had diligently perfected himself in the sounds and movements which King Yi Yang had contrived, he had not fully understood that they were to be executed stealthily, but had in consequence manifested the accomplishment openly, not unreasonably supposing that such an exhibition would be an additional inducement to those who appeared to be well disposed towards the purchase. From this cause it came about that although large crowds were attracted by Sin's manner of conducting the enterprise, none actually engaged to purchase even the least expensively valued of the ducks, although several publicly complimented Sen on his exceptional proficiency, and repeatedly urged him to louder and more frequent cries, suggesting that by such a means possible buyers might be attracted to the spot from remote and inaccessible villages in the neighborhood. When Ken Yi Yang learned how the venture had been carried out, he became most intolerably self-opinionated in his expressions towards Sen's mental attainments, in the manner of his bringing up. It was entirely in vain that the one referred to, pointed out in a tone of persuasive and courteous restraint, that he had not, down to the most minute particulars, transgressed either the general or the specific obligations of the five general principles, and that, therefore, he was blameless, and even worthy of commendation for the manner in which he had acted, with an inelegant absence of all refined feeling. King Yi Yang most incapably declined to discuss the various aspects of the controversy in an amiable manner, asserting, indeed, that for the consideration of as many brass cash as Sin had mentioned principles, he would cause him to be thrown into prison as a person of unnatural ineptitude. Then, without rewarding Sin for the time spent in his service, or even inviting him to partake of food and wine, the insufferable deviser of very indifferent animated contrivances again sent him out. This time into the streets of Hankow, with a number of delicately inlaid boxes, remarking in a tone of voice which plainly indicated an exactly contrary desire that he would be filled with an overwhelming satisfaction, if Sin could discover any excuse for returning a second time without disposing of anything. This remark, Sin's ingenious nature led him to regard as a definite fact, so that when a passer-by who tarried to examine the boxes chanced to remark that the colours might have been arranged to a greater advantage, in which case he would certainly have purchased at least one of the articles, Sin hastened back, although in a distant part of the city, to inform King Yi Yang of the suggestion, adding that he himself had been favourably impressed with the improvement which could be effected by such an alteration. The nature of King Yi Yang's emotion when Sin again presented himself before him, and when by repeatedly applied tests on various parts of his body he understood that he was neither the victim of malicious demons, nor wandering in an insensible condition in the middle air, but that the cause of the return, was such as had been plainly stated, was of so mixed and benumbing a variety, that for a considerable space of time he was quite unable to express himself in any way, either by words or by signs. By the time these attributes returned, there had been formed within King Yi Yang's mind a design of most contemptible malignity, which seemed to present to his enfeebled intellect a scheme by which sin would be adequately punished and finally disposed of without causing him any further trouble in the matter for this purpose he concealed the real condition of his sentiments towards sin and warmly expressed himself in terms of delicate flattery regarding that one's sumptuous and unfailing taste in the matter of the blending of the colours without doubt he continued such an alteration as the one proposed would greatly increase the attractiveness of the inlaid boxes, and the matter should be engaged upon without delay. In the meantime, however, not to waste the immediate services of so discriminating and persevering a servant, he would entrust sin with a mission of exceptional importance, which would certainly tend greatly to his remunerative benefit. In the district of Yun, in the northwestern part of the province, said the crafty and treacherous King Yi Yang, a particular kind of insect was greatly esteemed on account of the beneficial influence which it exercised over the rice plants, causing them to mature earlier, and to attain a greater size than had ever happened in its absence. In recent years, this creature had rarely been seen in the neighborhood of Yun, and in consequence, the earth tillers throughout that country had been brought into a most disconcerting state of poverty, and would inevitably be prepared to exchange whatever they still possessed for even a few of the insects in order that they might liberate them to increase, and so entirely reverse the objectionable state of things. Speaking in this manner, King Yi Yang entrusted to Sin a carefully prepared box containing a score of the insects, obtained at a great cost from a country beyond the bitter water, and after giving him further directions concerning the journey, and enjoining him the utmost secrecy about the valuable contents of the box, he sent him forth. End of section 19